You're listening to the City Church Downtown Podcast. Oh, yeah. What's going on, family? How are we doing today? Yeah. Cool, cool. Hey, so, you know, we've been in this Read the Red series where we have been reading and learning from the red letters of Jesus um, and, and all he has to teach. And then we've also challenged you guys to take the 84-day Read the Red Challenge. Just by a show of hands, who's, who's joined us in, in getting uh, your daily dosage of Jesus? Um, that's awesome. If you haven't started with us yet or if you don't want to, we're not judging you to your face, but, like, seriously, like... <laughs> I want to encourage you guys to join us in this because, man, it is an awesome, awesome thing. I mean, in fact, we see how, where Jesus, you know, emphasizes and highlights how important it is to get um, your scripture in, uh, especially his words. If you look at this, Matthew chapter 6, verse 11, uh, Jesus says, Give us today our, what's that word? Daily. Daily bread. And whoever wants to be my disciples must deny themselves, take up their cross. What's that word? Daily. And, daily and follow me. Now, um, if you haven't started yet, if you haven't started yet, then, you know, I want to encourage you to start. You know, the reading plan is on our Instagram. It's on our Facebook. Um, it's on our website. Go check it out. It's, it's super awesome because we've learned in this series so far that change happens daily, not in a day. Um, and, and we live in a world that's, that, you know, you get, you know, the results right now, right here, right? But it, we know it's a process. Um, and so taking on that daily bread um, will then get you closer to the change that you want to see in your life. Um, and, I, and we want to see it too. And so uh, before we get into today, um, let's go ahead and pray together and then we'll get started. And so, Lord, um, thank you so much for today. God, we thank you for the opportunity to come together, uh, meet here with our tribe, Lord. We thank you for this place that we get to walk into, be accepted, and, and be loved in, Lord. And I just pray today as we uh, study your words, Jesus, that, uh, that you give us open hearts, open minds, open ears for what you have to say. And so, um, God, we love you. We thank you. And we praise you. It's in your name we pray. And everybody say it. Amen. Oh, come on. Everybody say it. Amen. 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 All right. So, um, if you're not familiar, I'm the youth pastor here, and I have the opportunity to go and uh, spend time with, with middle and high school students all the time. And it's so much fun because we get to play laser tag and, like, super fun stuff, you know. Um, and I don't have to grow up. It's great. So um, I'm just, that's just a joke, guys. I grow up. I'm a man. All right. So, um, but, but one of the coolest things that we get to do with our students is we get to take them to our, our spring break retreat. Um, now, you know, at this retreat, we, we take them uh, about two hours away. And um, we give them an opportunity to experience God in a completely unique way, in a, in a way that they get to disconnect from, like, this world and the pressures of it. Um, and the reason for that is because we take their cell phones away. And so, like, it's, it's, it's amazing what, what, ha- what happens when you take a teenager's cell phone away from them because they don't know what to do. And they're like, what do we do? And I'm like, talk to the people in front of you. It's crazy. And so, um, and so, we, so we, take their, we take their phones away, and, and two things happen. First thing, they start to panic. They're like, they're like shocked that we did that, even though we told them a week before your phones are getting taken away. And they're just like, oh, we thought we were bluffing, you know? And so we take their phones away, they panic. And then the second thing that happens is the veteran leadership of the group, you know, like the students that have been to retreat before, that have experienced this, this type of shock and know how to survive it, you know, they, they walk in and they're like, follow me, I can help you get through this week. And so, so they... So they experience this, and then, um, and then, you know, maybe about after a day and a half, two days, the shock finally, like, just goes away. And they're like, okay, this is my reality. I can get through this. Jesus, you're good. You know, like, they're, they're here in the spot. And, and then they get to 
enjoy the retreat. And, and one of the coolest things that we get to do there is the challenge course. And now this is like the super tall tower that has all these different ways to get to the top of it. And once you do get to the top of it, then you can zip line down. And like it's, the, it's one of the coolest things that they get to do. Um, it's, it's, you know, the reason why I go to retreat. No, I'm just kidding. But, but I, I just really get to enjoy it. And then, um, but before they are allowed to like get up there, they have to go through all like the safety measurements first, right? They have to, they have to sit and listen to this dude talk about how you can't mess around up there and how you have to keep your harness on um, because if you don't, you're going to die. Like just all these things that they're, that they, that they have to do. And like, this thing is boring. Like I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's, it's super boring, but it's important. And so um, about halfway through, like you can see it on the student's face. They're like, we get it. Like, don't take off my harness. Don't mess around. Don't have fun. You know, like that's just kind of like their mindset. But they're like, we get it, dude. It's safe. Can we go up now? Like, can, like I, get that I get that it's safe. I get it's not going to drop me. Can we go up? And so they finally get a chance to go up, right? And they climb up to the top. They follow the rules, right? And then right before they are about to go onto the zip line, they have to sit at the edge of the tower. And now this, now if you're afraid of heights, this is like probably one of the scariest things because the tower is already kind of like, like shaky a little bit. Um, and then you get to see everything. And it's just, it's just a line, you, and the ground. And so it's just like, wow, this is intense. And so, uh, and so again, students, they know it's safe. They know that the harness is going to keep them uh, attached to the zip line. Um, but every year, there's one student that, that does this, um, typically a middle school boy. And they're like, they're, they're up there. And the guy goes, okay, I'm going to say three, two, one, zip, and you got to go. All right? And so, so the guy goes, three, two, one, zip. And every year, same thing, the middle school, the middle school boy is like, like, wait, hold on, wait, 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 wait. Are you sure I could trust this? And they're like, they're like, yes. They're like, yes. But has anybody fallen off before? And then again, they say the same thing. Kid, there have been over 10,000 students that have gone on this zip line and we haven't lost one of them. We always find them when they fall. And so, <laughs> so they, <laughs> he's just like, no, 10,000 kids have gone on this and not one has ever fallen off. And he goes, but even if I yank on this, like, are you sure? Like, it's going to stay safe. Like, and they have this, this mindset that all of a sudden, the thing that they, when they're on the ground that they're so sure of, it's time to put it to the test. And now they're just like, I'm too afraid. Are you sure? Are you sure? I, how, how do you know I'm not going to be the first one that gets dropped? You know, and then what makes things worse is that all of a sudden the tower now starts to shake like back and forth. And I turn around and Pastor Doug's there just shaking the tower because, because he thinks, because for some reason he thinks that if he shakes the tower and convinces the kid that the tower's falling down, that he's going to jump, you know, and that just makes it worse. But we do the same thing, right? I mean, we, we experience uh, we, we were going through this Read the Red, and we're reading all these red letters of Jesus, and it's great. We're just like, Jesus, you're so good. Man, I'm getting my daily dosage. Like, I'm ready to take on the day. Let's do this, right? But then, um, but then you face your day, and we know that days aren't perfect. We know that you walk in, and your boss is in a bad mood, and it makes you in a bad mood, and then, uh, and then you go home with that bad mood, and then your spouse is in a bad mood because you're in a bad mood, and your kids are like, what's wrong with mom and dad? Now they're in a bad mood. Now you're in a bad mood. If they're in a bad And so it's just like, it's crazy how much how much burdens and how much life just kind of affects the way that we live our lives. And then we read, we read Matthew chapter 11, which no doubt you've read this if you're going through this uh, challenge with us, where Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so you see, Jesus gives you this, this scripture this promise that if you trust in him, if you give your burdens to him, that, that, that you know, it'll be easier for you. And, and we read it, and we go, okay, yes, Jesus, like I understand 
that the yoke that you give me, which if you're not familiar with the yoke, it's basically this harness that they use to attach two animals together to, to plow the field. And oftentimes when they would uh, want to train a younger animal, they would pair it with a more experienced animal, typically an ox. And the ox would bear the burden and guide the animal through their job. And Jesus is saying here, hey, here's your harness. If you put it on and attach yourself to me, then whatever burden you are experiencing, I'm going to take you through it. I'm going to attach myself to you, and we are going to take you through it. In fact, the word easy in the scripture, in the original text, in the original language, it means well-fitted. It means that Jesus sees your situation, and he creates a harness that is specifically for you and nobody else. And he attaches himself to you and says, if you stay in your harness, then we're going to get through this together. It'll be much easier than if you try to, to plow this field by yourself. And, and we read that, and we go, yes, Lord, of course. But then we experience something tough, and we're sitting at the edge, and it's time to go. And then we, and what do we do? Wait, 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 Jesus, are you sure? Are you sure that, are you sure you're going to take care of me? Are you sure you're going to help me with this? Are you sure you're not going to leave me? How do I know I won't be the first one? We react the same way. And, and so today, I don't know what you walked in with. I don't know if you're carrying a burden. I don't know if you know somebody that's carrying a burden. Um, I, don't, I don't know what you're experiencing in your life. But, but we're all humans, and we're all going to experience a burden at some point in our life. And how we handle that will determine whether or not we are in our harness or we're not. And so our big idea today is simply stay in your harness. We're going to stay in our harness today. But How? Because I know we want to. I know we don't want to experience burdens and for them to be tough, but we want to experience them and, and them to be, uh, uh, and, you know, for us to be able to experience them with somebody helping us get through that burden, but, but how? And so, um, you know, today we're going to do uh, what I'm calling just a quick heart check. Because oftentimes the things, the things standing in our way from fully trusting Jesus with every part of our life is our heart. You know, in fact, Proverbs tells us that we are to guard our heart because everything that we do flows from it. And in Jeremiah, we read that our heart is deceitful. And so one of the craziest things about this world is that we hear this all the time, follow your heart, follow your heart, right? Trust your, trust your feelings. No, that's a terrible idea. Don't do that. Because, because how many times have we followed our heart and we're just like, well, that went poorly. You know, that, was, that's not, that wasn't right. I'll be the first one to say, if I, if I followed my heart in every single thing that I did, I would be in a world of trouble. Like, it's, it's bad, you know? Your heart's deceitful, and the enemy knows that. And he's going to do things in your life to pull out your heart. But, but here it's saying, guard your heart. So we have to do a quick heart check today. And so, um, so, so just bear me through this, um, because your heart, everything you do flows from it. Every single thing you do flows from it. It's like the foundation of your life. Uh, I mean, you guys are familiar, most of you guys live in homes, and so, we're, so we, we know that, that homes uh, have a foundation, and if the foundation is cracked, then it's no, there's, you know, there's no good of how big or how tall your house is because your foundation is cracked, then, uh, then you got to get that fixed, how super important that is. And so um, today we're going to look at that, and, and Jesus gives us this heart check in Matthew chapter 6, um, and again, I love that you guys have read this already because then we can, uh, you have a better understanding for this. But he says this, do not store up for yourselves treasures on this earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Uh, but store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Your heart, everything you do flows from your heart. 
So from where, wherever your treasure is, that's where you're going to find your heart. And in this context, Jesus is talking specifically about money. I want to make that very clear. He's talking about your money. Your treasure is your money. And, and, he, and he points this out because it's so easy to see where our heart is based on how we spend our money because we are interested in what we invest in. We show interest in what we invest in. In fact, if I pull up your bank statement right now, I could tell a lot about your heart and you can tell a lot about my heart because we are interested in what we invest in. And so Jesus is not saying here like, hey, give me your money. But what he's saying is, I want your heart. Above all else, I want your heart. And, um, and so, uh, so he shows us this and he, and he says, you know, if I, if I can get your heart, then I can change your habits. I can change your emotions. I can change your life. Change happens daily, not in a day. And, and if our heart's getting in the way of that change, then we have to give Jesus our heart. Because the truth is, we invest in things that we believe are going to fulfill us. We invest in things that we think are going to make us happy, you know? And um, the craziest thing is that when we invest in things that other than, aside from Jesus, when we invest our heart in things aside from Jesus, we are stepping out of our harness and we are buying things we probably shouldn't be buying. Because the truth is, we think that this or that is going to make us happy and it doesn't. So the next day we try something else and it doesn't. And then the next thing, uh, then the next time we invest in something else because this world promises, hey, I'm going to fulfill you. I'm going to fulfill you and I'm going to fulfill you. And when it doesn't and we step in and we try it one more time, we're like, well, maybe this thing's going to fulfill us. And it doesn't. It leaves us um, like Pikachu and we're just shocked. We're like, wow, I can't believe I'm not fulfilled by that. <laughs> but God's not, you know? And so as you, as you invest you, you, you invest, you, you're interested in what you invest in, which is why Jesus goes on to say this. He says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. And if, but if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, here's the thing. Jesus knows, hey, you know what? You're, you're either going to serve me or you're going to serve your cash. And you can't serve both of us. You know, and, and what happens and what we do too often is that we categorize. We go, Jesus, you can have this, this, and this in my life. You can have my relationship. You can have my marriage. You can have my children. You can have all these things, but don't touch my money. Like that, I work for that. I'm the only one that knows how to distribute that. Like I am in charge of that, but you can have everything else. And Jesus says, it can't be that way. Because what's going to happen is that you're going to start despising me the more and more you chase after your treasure. And we know this. We know that money brings burdens. Like that is just a fact of life. It, it, it can bring blessings, but it can also bring burdens. And oftentimes we experience more of the burdens than we do the blessings as we chase after it. You can't serve God and money. You have to pick one. You know, because when we chase after money, then we, we bring on the how am I burdens. You know, how am I going to pay my rent? How am I going to put gas in the car? How am I going to provide for my family? How am I going to land that next promotion so that I can buy that new car? How am I going to get that raise so I can buy my new house? How am I going to buy those new shoes? How am I going to finally buy the thing that is going to fulfill me so that I can be happy? You know, and my question is, then, how much does God have to bless you before you say that's enough? Like, I have what I need. But it's all about where your heart is. It's all about where your heart is. You can't serve God and money. 
And so, um, so as we, you know, as we think about this, as we shift our mindsets, okay, well, what does it mean to serve the Lord? You know, what does it mean to serve the Lord over our money? Jesus says, hey, my, when you serve me, yes, there's a burden with it, but it's much easier than the burden that you're taking on with your money. And he, but then he says this, and one thing that money doesn't promise you that I do is here in verse 25. Check this out. It says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. Do not worry about your life. Look at the person next to you and say, don't worry. Oh, come on. There's like two people that did that. Come on, say it like you mean it. Don't worry. Don't worry. Do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Now, somebody walked in here today and and you don't feel like you hold any value, and that's a lie. You're valuable. And I don't care what anybody's told you. I don't care what what your parents told you when you were younger or your friends tell you now. You are valuable, and and God's looking at you, and he's saying, if I I, uh, give the birds of the air food, man, how much more valuable are you than them? Can anyone of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? He says this in verse 31. He says, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Don't worry. Do not worry. Super easy to say, super hard to live. That's just the truth. Like, it is, I don't know what, what science chemical goes on in my brain when I begin to stress out or worry about something, but it's almost like I can't control it. It's like I get this thought in my head, like how am I going to, like I had, like recently I had um, a lot of car troubles. I, I drove an Nissan Juke. It was a terrible decision, but I had this Juke and, uh, and it was breaking down like crazy. And each time I'm thinking to myself like, oh my gosh, how am I going to pay for this? How am I going to get my car working again? I was stressed to the max and I was worrying and it's almost like I couldn't control it. And then on top of that, you know, like mental illness, mental illness is a super real thing. And if you, you know, pair that with anxiety, like, oh, my gosh, you just, it just goes through the roof. Like, it's, it's insane. And so, so what happens when we worry? Because when we worry, we step out of our harness. When we worry, we're, we're taking off our harness and saying, okay, I'm going to figure this out. Instead of Jesus, you're going to figure this out for me. And so, um, and so you know, what, what helps me is just to kind of just declare God's truths over my life in the moments of worry. And so, so what I'm going to do is we're going to read these together. Um, and so you can have these. In, in moments that you worry, um, in moments that your friends worry, you can have these truths with you. And so I'm going to read God I trust, and you are going to read the rest, all right? And so um, we'll just start. God I trust. God I trust. God I trust. God I trust. When you worry, when you worry, then you speak to yourself, how am I going to figure this out? But when you put on your harness and you step into it, then you go from how am I to God I trust. And let me tell you, life is so much better when, when I decide I'm not going to carry this all by myself, but God, I trust that you say that who, who you are, who, I can't even speak today, that you are who you say you are. I trust that. Because at the end of the day, God wants your heart. And when you worry, you're taking your heart back and you're saying, I'm going to figure this out. But when you're saying, God, I trust. I don't know what my life's going to look like tomorrow. I don't know what it's going to look like in a month. But God, I trust that you're here today and that you hear me and that you are taking care of my situation. 
Now, how do we put this into practice? Because we know that, God, you want to take my burdens from me, but in order to do that, you need my heart. And, and if, I'm invest, if I'm interested in what I invest in, I know that I need to invest in you, invest in time with you, invest my treasure in you. But how do I do this? And Jesus gives us a very practical way. I mean, and I'm going to close with this. And in verse 33, Jesus says this, but seek first. Everybody say, seek first. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. All these things, what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat, uh, where you're going to sleep, all these things, all the things that worry you are going to be given to you if you seek his kingdom first, if you focus on Jesus. You have to focus on him, all these things. You know how I know that? Because none of you guys walked in naked today, and I appreciate that because God provided clothes for you to put on your back. Hey, some of y'all were stressing about what the heck am I going to wear to church today, but look at you, looking real good, all right? Seek his kingdom first. Seek his kingdom first. With your time, seek his kingdom first. Instead of waking up to catch up on, like, all the cheese mail on, on Instagram or, like, figure out where Hawaii's going to go, like, seek his kingdom before that. Seek his kingdom First, with your relationships, seek his kingdom first. Before you go on that date, seek his kingdom. Please, see, Lord, is this the man you want for me? Because some of y'all, come on now, you can do better. Like, I'm just kidding. <laughs> in, your, in your marriage, seek his kingdom first. You are interested what you invest in. You need to invest in each other. Seek his kingdom first in your marriage with your finances. Again, God says, hey, a quick, an easy way to reveal your heart is how you spend your money. Seek his kingdom First, because when we invest in the kingdom of God, and one of the cool promises is that there are blessings attached to it, that there are blessings attached to it. When we seek his kingdom first and we focus on him first, then, and we give from every single area of our lives, finances included, right, God, then we can rest in this promise that God has for us in Luke chapter 6, and you can read with me here on the screen. It says, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And so um, uh, one of my favorite pastors out of Miami, his name is Rich Workerson. He gives me this, gives us this really awesome illustration. Um, in fact, I, I need a, can I get you up here, man? I, we didn't plan this. I just want you to kind of come hang up here. Yeah, a round of applause. He's, he's a brave man here. And so I know the whole time you guys are wondering, like, what's the pool? What is the pool for? Um, please step in the pool, sir. Congratulations. All right, I'm going to pull this string and what? I'm just kidding. So, um, and so put your hand out. Okay, and so this, this here, this is the bean. Okay, this is, this is the bean. Uh, it's it's going to represent a blessing. Okay, um, and we know Hispanic culture that we've been blessed by beans for like thousands of years. So it's great, right? <laughs> so this is a bean. And God says, I'm going to give you this blessing. And you can put this in your hand. And he says, he says, I'm going to give you this blessing. This is, this is your rent for the month that you were stressing out about. This is your family that you always wanted. This is your, your marriage. This is, this is the blessing. And, and the, con, the common tendency that we use and what we do is that when we receive that blessing, we hold on to it super tight. What's your name? I'm sorry. Edward. Edward. This is Edward, guys. Round of applause for Edward. Super cool guy. All right. And so we hold, we hold on to it. But we know that the measure in which we give, it'll be given back to us. So if we're holding on to this and Jesus comes around, the Lord comes around and says, hey, Edward, I want to bless you right now. Oh, keep your hand closed because you're holding on tight to your blessings. Yeah. Then, he, then you, can't, you can't receive it because you're holding on to his side. But if you seek his kingdom first, 
If you seek his kingdom first and all you do, then open your hand and just release it. And say, God, I release, I release the blessing to you. And then he goes, okay, cool. I'm going to bless you with more. And then you're going to release it again. And then he says, okay, well, cool. I know I could trust you more, so I'm going to keep blessing you. Because the truth is that God wants to bless you so bad right now. But, but the tendency is that we keep it closed. We can't receive it. But we keep our hand open. And we keep seeking his kingdom first. And all we do, then he can start blessing you in everything that you do. And then you're gonna and then you're gonna catch and then you're gonna release and you're gonna catch and you're gonna release it and you're gonna catch and you're gonna release it. But here's the thing, what's cool about our God is that he is not a God of just enough, but he's a God of more than enough. And then he says, he says, look man, I'm gonna bless you and you're gonna release and I'm gonna bless you and you're gonna release. The measure in which you give, he will give back to you. I'm, and all you gotta do is catch and release the blessings there. The measure in which you give, he will give back to you, but you have to put your harness on. Edward, bro, thank you, sir. I appreciate you, man. The measure in which you give, God will give back to you. But you got to put on your harness, and you got to give him your heart. Because without your heart, with your heart getting in the way, it's going to prevent you from receiving a lot of incredible blessings. And we want to see you blessed at this church. We want to see you thrive financially. We want to see you thrive in your relationships with your family, with your kids, with your spouse. We want to see you thrive in those. But you have to give God your heart. You have to say, God, I trust you with this, and I'm going to put my harness on. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Put on your harness and trust the Lord. Because one of the coolest things about, about seeing a kid who's, who's terrified to just let go and experience the zip line is when he finally gets enough courage to jump. When he finally gets enough courage to say, you know what, I'm going to trust this harness. The, 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 the look on his face and the look on her face is one that's just so just full of joy and, and full of just happiness and, and, and a weird amount of peace because then they realize, man, the thing I was so afraid of is one of the greatest things that I'll ever do in my life. And for you, the thing that you are so afraid of is letting somebody else help you through your burden that you feel like only you can control may be one of the most peaceful, exhilarating, and, and, and joyous times in your entire life, but you have to let go and say, I trust my harness as you go. And so we're gonna pray together, and we're gonna say a couple of prayers because you know, I, I feel like you know, maybe part of that burden that you've been holding on to is that you've walked in here and you've had opportunity upon opportunity to meet this God that we're talking about who is willing and ready to take up your burdens, but you were just holding on to them because you think, man, nobody gets me like me. And so let's bow our heads and we're going to pray. And if you realize that for yourself and you're like, man, you know what? I know I've been holding back, but I know it's time for me to finally step into my harness for the first time. Um, then you can repeat after me. And it's a very, uh, it's a very you know, simple prayer because it's all about the, the condition of your heart, what you've already believed in your heart. Because you have a Savior who's come down to this earth and Jesus who, who sees your burdens and has taken them all upon him up on a cross. And upon that cross, every single guilt, every single moment of pain, shame, anything that's been done to you or that you've done to other people has been taken up with them so that you are not bound to those burdens anymore, but instead you can let go of them and experience a life and a life to the fullest.
And so uh, you can repeat after me either in your, in your mind uh, or uh, out loud, but you can say, Lord, I acknowledge that up until this point, my life has kept me from you. But from this day forward, Lord, I choose to step into my harness. I choose to step into who, into the truth that you are, Jesus. And I choose to believe that you are who you say you are. And I welcome you into my heart. And from this day forward, I acknowledge that I am no longer walking through life alone, but instead I have an awesome, awesome God who is leading me through my burdens. And second, if, if you walked in today and, and you have something just, just burdening you and you are stressed to the max and you are worrying just kind of like Jake was, you know, I, I want to I pray, pray just for just peace in your life. You know, Lord, I, I thank you so much, God, for the opportunities to, to overcome burdens. Lord, I, I thank you for the opportunity um, that are presented when burdens are in front of us because then we get to show how great you are. And so, God, right now, as, you know, as we experience these burdens, anybody who's going through something at the moment, I pray that you give them the boldness to trust you with it. I, I pray that you give them the boldness to, to feel secure in their harness, but also give you, I also pray for peace to just fill every single life in here. And so like, if, they're, if they're worried about how they're going to pay for a bill or, or how they're going to provide food or how they're going to get to one place or the other or, or a job, God, I just pray that you just take all of it and you just, um, and you just put, pour down your blessing as they trust you. And so, God, we love you. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we praise you. It's in your name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit citychurchdowntown.com.